This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And a happy new year to everybody. Welcome to another edition, the 2022 inaugural version of Spits and Suds here on 105.3 The Fan. I'm Gavin Spittle, joined as always by two-time Stanley Cup champion Craig Ludwig. Happy new year, sir. Right out of the gate, tell us your new year's resolution. This year, Craig Ludwig will not have a resolution like all the other years. Oh, really? Have you have you been a big resolution guy in the past or no? No, it's a total waste of time. Nobody ever nobody ever lives up to their resolutions. You need mm. to say, I'm not going to have another beer. I'm not going to stay out past curfew. I'm going to be such a nice guy to, a, to the female. Uh, it's just all. It, <laughs> it ain't going to happen, so I don't bother with it. All right. Yeah, yeah. you get what you get. You want mine? Uh, to get bigger? <laughs> I'm lean. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a way of saying it. Yeah, exactly. I'm lean, man. This is how I am. I, I don't think people walk around and see you walking through a mall and say, "Guy, that guy's lean." <laughs> they Why might not? describe you in a different way. I don't think so, man. All right. I don't think so. Hey, it's all about perception, right? It's all, it's, it's more important how you feel about yourself. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It's a tennis. Uh, it's a tennis body. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> so, what did you commit to this year? So you okay. can get it out of the way for God's okay. sakes. Here's what I committed to: more dating online, or no? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take my talents overseas. <laughs> Try to show up on 90 Day Fiance. I feel like that'll be my big break. That's a real thing. Yeah, you don't know about ninety day fiance. No, I don't know about anything. Just right. you know, I I really don't care to even know. To be totally honest with you, no, it's a good show. It's a, it's a reality show where Americans, um, basically figure out whether or not they, if they want to get engaged or married to someone in a different country. Yeah. You have you have an addiction to this stuff, I believe. I don't you have an addiction. I just watch it. You know, it's on in the background. I mean, Food Network. Oh, I don't know. I think you live it too. I, I thought it was actually a dating site. Ninety day beyond. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> I was hoping if you're getting on that, I hope they at least give you your money back. You know what I was thinking though, as far as dating apps, I am fifty now, so I can go to the uh, older dating app. Maybe, maybe that'll be more successful for yeah, you. Yeah, it's got to be, right? 
Well, if it is, then you should have started lying about your age a long time ago. Oh, that's true. I should have. I actually went out with a woman, and she said she was, the age difference was 10 years. And I was like, I don't care. It's just don't lie about it. Well, now that everybody, all six people that were tuned in are gone, let's start our show. (laughs) All right, fine. We'll talk hockey. My New Year's resolution, by the way, is we have to hang out minimum of two times in 2022. I'm going to make it happen. Yeah, okay. All right. right. So, Stars win last night. The Kraken came to town. I find the Kraken interesting, Craig, because there are so many names on the Kraken. They just haven't been able to, you know, completely gel. But the the problem is, is that the standard now is not the old Florida Panthers um, that Seve used to play on. Uh, the standard now is Vegas, so people are expecting expansion teams to fight for the playoffs or even go to the cup like uh, Vegas did. But uh, some really cool names. It was good to see Mark Giordano in the building, obviously Jamie Alexiak, Jordan Eberle. So there were some just some nice names, but nice start by the Stars. But I have to be honest, and I'm not trying to be pessimistic, but um, when you look at this game last night and then I look at the St. Louis collapse toward the end if you want to blame the referee I get it was a missed call but I didn't think they played well in that third period either I I feel like they're kind of losing that aggressive play in the latter stages of the game I don't disagree with anything you've said um it's interesting you brought up Gio's name Gio Dano um he might not even be there next year that that's how crazy that is I mean there there is already talk that come trade deadline time um, as a matter of fact, his agent even said that uh, somebody asked him a question. He goes, yeah, he'd absolutely be open to going back to Calgary. He's like, <laughs> I don't even know how you say that out loud <laughs> after, after you're, you, you know, they, I mean, I'm sure he does because just look at the, look at the standings, um, yeah. look at the difference in teams and um, you know, but, but again, who I'm sure they would love to go back. I'm sure he would love to go back, step out of, you know, the situation that he's in right now. And I'm sure Seattle is a great place to, to play, but it, you know, they've got 10 wins out of what 35 games or whatever they played. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> you know, they, it, it's, yeah, you're right. It's, it's not like it, what it was in Vegas. And there was a reason for that because they weren't going to let it happen again. Right. They weren't, you know, and, and, and in, in all reality, you would almost kind of expect it to have some of the opportunities that Vegas created in in their off season about putting a team together because you paid over 200 million more than Vegas paid. Mm-hmm. So Vegas paid around 400 million. These guys paid around 600 million, but we don't get the perks of what Vegas got away with. So anyway, that's all history. So, <clears throat> you know, I, when it goes to the games in Dallas and stuff like I, I, I agree with you because it, it's like, it's in spurts. It's like you have this wave of, you know, great play, and then you don't. And, and it's like, it's, it's almost like one extreme to another. And it's all like, it's like when the, when the other team turns up the gas, they, they can't, they can't equal it. And so there's these pockets of um, sustained play in your own zone and yeah. that you can't get out of the zone. And, you know, I, <clears throat> I, I look at, the, the last time that they pl- pl- played Florida, I mean, they're playing them again tomorrow night. Um, 
you know, it, it was a game that I didn't think Florida played. The, the one thing about playing against a team like Florida from in Dallas's point, I think it's a perfect team for Dallas to play against, at least at home, because they exchange chances. And it ultimately comes down to what goaltender is going to make the most saves and who's going to make the most spectacular save at the right time. And, you know, the last time they played Florida, Bob let in a couple, the, the goaltender for Florida, let in a, a couple goals and he's been really good. I mean, you know, he's been, <clears throat> he's been getting beat up ever since he went to Florida, what, three years ago or sure, whatever because it was. Of that salary cap number. <clears throat> oh yeah. I mean, $10 million and the guy couldn't stop a beach ball for yeah. the first two, two years. So now he's kind of back, gotten back to form, but, and, but, and, and when you get, when you have a goalie like that, that, that now is on top of his game, or you at least feel he is, um, you can play that kind of style. You can run and gun because, you know, what they do is they give you outnumber chances. And, and, and I think that Dallas is similar. I mean, I know they're, they play a better, or they try to play a better and their, their numbers will tell you they're a better defensive team. Um, and I think that's what they hang their hat on. But in, you know, for my two cents there, you know, there's too many times that, that it opens up when I, when I think it's needless, but I, but, it, but it's part of their identity. So, but, but I mean, Florida is, you know, Florida, you look at the two teams um, that they're playing, you know, in the next 48, 72 hours, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, when, when this is the Florida, the, the Florida, Tampa, typically Carolina, I think is kind of on a lot of teams trips now. Um, you know, cause they're all kind of going the same general direction. You're going to make a road trip out there. Um, for some reason, those three teams, on, but they, they are, they're the new West coast trip from yeah. about 10 15 years ago when it was, you know, LA Anaheim and San Jose. I mean, that was, what do they call it? Murder murders row or something. Well, like that's that. a great and, comparison and, because even I was thinking this weekend, you got to get at least one or two points, you know, um, I'm not saying, you know, it's not like we have 15 games left, but you got to start getting some points on the road and boy, you are so right that, you know, Florida, Tampa and add Carolina, that is, that's rough when, if you have to play uh, all three. And, you know, you, you typically, I mean, for a long time, it's been said, you know, you, you play six, six fifty, six twenty five, 25 uh, winning percentage at home and you can play 500 on the road. You're going to have a good season. And, you know, you're, you come out of, if you have to play, if they're the three teams on your schedule, you, you thank your lucky stars. You came out of that with three out of six points. And, you know, <clears throat> Florida's, Florida's good. Let's just put it that way. I mean, they, they play to their strengths and, you know, I mean, they score goals and, and their home record is, is incredible. I think they're number two at home, uh, you know, from, from the standpoint of when you got to play those guys on, on their turf. And so they've got, they, they, you know, they, they stay with who they are. I mean, they, they, the one thing they don't do is they don't change when they're on the road and they're at home. I mean, Dallas, for whatever reason, I, I think Dallas has got to, this could be the perfect weekend. Um, are we planning on the weekend? I don't even know what the hell to Yeah, is. Friday it's, and it's, Saturday. I guess you call, it, you could call it the weekend. This is the perfect weekend, if you look at it the right way, to get that, you don't want to, uh, want to say again, the Ben, uh, Hints, Rajlov, whatever it may be. Well, let's not use Rajlov. It's not going too well for Rabs, but yeah. Um, when that guy can't get that, that, that goal that they're typically ready to score. And they, you know, they pull the old monkey off their back, you know, they haven't scored for eight, nine, 10 games for Rads. I think it's been 30, but um, <clears throat> you know, he, this could be that weekend. This could be that weekend. You know, it's going to be tough because Tampa now has their game rolling. They've got Kucherov back. And so now everything has fallen into place. And it seems like that guy can just, 
somehow take four months off every year and be the best player on the planet when he comes back. But, right. but, but, you know, you, you come out of that weekend and, and you come out and you get, you know, you, you're looking at four points. Let's say you get two points. Let's say you get three points. That's a really, really good weekend yep. against these teams. And maybe that's what, you know, because I think there, that game that happened that unrolled there in St. Louis, it just piles on how we're just snake bit on the road. And, you know, it comes down to the last couple of minutes of a hockey game. You got a lead and, you know, you can go ahead and you can talk about the, the call, the penalties, but, you know, you kind of shot yourself in the foot a couple of times too. You had opportunities on the power play to push that to a, you know, a two goal lead and, you know, maybe even a three goal lead. So you can't just pin it on a collapse and because it's, you know, it's a six on four, it's a, it's a five on three, you know, there's, you you did put yourself in those situations I, and i totally agree that there was a there was a missed call and there's no question about it but it happens i mean it i've seen it happen more times this year in games than i have ever in the past and i just think that that's a it's a fast game it's a super fast game now i think one referee was in a poor position yeah the one that everybody thinks should have had the call i, I don't think you he know, saw you three, it he couldn't well you got three four bodies behind the net yeah He's standing behind the net now how many times do and I'm one of the guys that complains about it. and you when you, if you talk to referees, they will tell you that the guy that is out on the blue line area actually has a better view yep. of what's going on inside that zone. and And when they get down to the other end, the guy that was in the zone is typically the guy that's on the outside because the players are bigger. The things are happening faster. So they have the better view. And so the question is for me is why didn't the guy, outside the zone the referee outside the zone be able to make that call because once the traffic was by and past the net i don't know it <clears throat> but then again i i had heard yesterday that what one of the officials saw is there was a toe pick and and that hayskin and toe picked and it wasn't pulled down i don't know <laughs> you know <clears throat> kind of like players i think referee you know they stick up for each other and right. hey, that's really what happened it's tough to see so anyway um but, but, you know, you get it together for two games. And because I, like I said, that, that St. Louis game, it just puts more doubt in the back of your mind. It's like, we just can't win. All these things are happening to us on the road. And, and so this could be the way to turn it and say, because if they're going to make the playoffs, they've got to find a way to start winning on the road. I mean, they're, they're great at home. They're lights out at home. You know, they, they do things at home. Their numbers are great at home. All these right things happen for them. Um, but you know, it, like I said, it used to be where you're 500 on the road. They're not, they're 300 on the road. Yeah. That ain't going to cut it, but they've got a couple road trips that are road trips. I mean, they've got three back-to-backs this, this month on the road, but the next one between, I think it's Buffalo and Detroit. Those are two winnable games. I don't care if they're back-to-back or not. And I know Detroit's a better team, Buffalo, you know, they're, they're off the rails. Right. And, and then they go into Philly and Jersey. Jersey's got a bunch of players out and there's some injuries and Philly is, uh, you know, they're a tire fire. So, you know, they've got some back-to-backs here and on the road, which is never easy, but they've got some games that they can win. And, and, and even they've got, well, it's starting that Buffalo trip. They got Montreal home. So, I mean, you look at that, you come back from this road and you get a couple points out of this road trip, you know, ideally three, well, perfect scenarios. You get, you get them both, but that's a, that's a tough ask. There's no question about it. Um, but you get, you're going to beat Montreal. I, I'm, and I will go out on a limb on that one because you talk about a tire fire. I mean, if it can go wrong, it's gone wrong for the Montreal Canadiens. They just got done playing one game in 
I think 12 days, you know, because of COVID and they're not, their games are canceled because they don't want to play in, in their Canadian cities. They're losing revenue and all this other stuff. So, um, <clears throat> but there, I mean, you're still going to have to play your game, and, but you really should be winning that game. You go on the road against Buffalo and, and, you know, you got four games on the road and you got four games really on, on in five days on that road trip. And, you know, they're back to back, you go back to back and then you have a day off then you go back to back, but they're teams that are, that they can win. And, and so I can see those guys, you look at that block after this weekend of those five games before they got to come back home and play Washington at 10 possible points, they can have seven of those. Yeah. I really think they can. And anything above seven is great. But um, anyway, yeah, the, you know, last night's game, it's, it's a win. The bottom line is you, you come out of those games and where you're at and how you're trying to climb up in the standings and they are climbing up in the standings. I mean, they're, you know, they've got those games in hand and you talk about it all the time is, you know, yeah, but they got, you know, three games to five games to some teams, but the whole key to that is to be able to win them. And so they're, they're knocking on the door of a wild card spot and, you know, they're, they're chasing a couple teams that, uh, you know, Calgary, if Calgary gets it together again, you, you would think Minnesota sitting in a wild card spot. You would think that Minnesota, that I think they're going to get uh, Kirill back. So the thrill is going to be back um, from his injury. So I think they're going to get a little bit of a spark there. Minnesota is better than a wildcard team, in my opinion. But um, the team that, to me, that just keep, as far as a playoff race, the team that keeps going, what the hell's going on here is Nashville. I, I don't, I didn't see it coming, but, uh, you know, they're sitting at the top in, in, in that, in that, uh, division and i just don't get it they're sitting at the top in the west i think as a matter of fact but they're playing at like 675 yeah winning percentage you know and again that just it leads you right back to sorrows that just tells you how important yeah, he you know I, I loved watching him over the year he was a stars killer um but i loved watching him and i said this guy's a starting goaltender in this league and <clears throat> i'm at the point craig um i don't know if you feel the same way but I thought Jake Ottinger, especially in the third period, made some key, um, you know, momentum-killing stops. Um, I love his calmness in the net. Uh, I know Holpe, obviously, is in protocol. So, as of right now, Ottinger is your starting goalie. But I'm interested to see if he kind of takes the reins at this point and puts together a, a nice game this weekend and then puts together some good games, whereas if, Holtby comes back, it's more Ottinger than Holtby. Well, we're we're right back to four goalies again. Yeah. We got we got Dobie on the bench. We got Bishop doing the TV. And you got <laughs> Holtby and Otter. We're right back to the full four four guys back in town again. So <clears throat> it would be interesting though, wouldn't it? If if something happens and there's a, a little rattle in 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 Florida and it's one of those games where you know do you put the kid what do you do do you put the kid back in or you go back to Dobie do you know what I'm saying for the Tampa game Ooh. um and then all of a sudden Dobie stands on his head I mean, the, the only thing I say is I mean at this point in his career he's used to back-to-backs being in the AHL well yeah but he didn't have a very good go at it in the in the no, AHL his no, numbers I know, but weren't I mean, great you... and so yeah you know defensively a little tougher down there too. But I mean, if you look at, you know, nine and two, 2.20 goals against, 923 save percentage. I know there are other analytics, but at the same time, I mean, you know, he's clearly proven that he deserves to be at this level. But most importantly, I mean, 
I, I love his calmness in front of the net. I would think as a defenseman, Craig, you know, you would love a guy like that behind you. Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, and again, it there are goalies out there, and and I've been blessed that I haven't played with them. And and it's it's some of the pet peeves. And I, I knew when I was doing the uh, the games and. And there was a couple goalies that are here, and and it, I just I just hate it when you know when you make a mistake as a defenseman, you know that that you should have been better at the way you played a certain situation, and but when a goalie stares you down after it goes in the net, and I I just it it's not a team guy to me, and, and I think where that comes from, and I can go all the way back to Patrick's Patrick was uh, rookie season, and and I don't. I've told this a lot of times and I, and I don't know why it sticks out, but maybe it, it was just because of a young kid that takes responsibility as a goaltender. Uh, there was a two on one that I played and I just played it terrible. And um, the puck ultimately got across to the other side of the net. And it was, you know, it, it was an empty netter basically. And I said to Costo, uh, to Patrick, we call him Costo. Costo, he's got a shape like a French fry box. And that means French fry box in, in, in French. So, so I just said to Costo, I said, dude, I, man, I'm sorry. I, I just, to put it bluntly, I said, I just fucked that up. And he goes, no, I got to get across to make that save. That's not on you. I said, no, that's on me, Patrick. And he goes, no, I have to make that save. And he was adamant about it. And for some reason, it just sticks in my mind. And maybe that was a standard that I got for any goalie going out moving forward in the NHL. And, but it, it is an issue for me when I watch games and I see, yes, the defenseman or the forward should have had that play, but to stare at the, the player that made the mistake as he skates in front of your net, then behind your net, and then up to the blue line and into the bench and stare at him. To me, that's not a teammate. Uh, and, and that's one thing that, that I don't see here. I mean, you're talking about, Hope there's some saves that I, you know, when I said Hopey, I thought it's been very good. I yeah. mean, but there are things going on around him that shouldn't be happening. And he's making some, some big saves at some key moments, but there are some that, you know, I think he could have stopped, but he is not that guy that I'm talking about. Ott's not, uh, Ottinger's not that guy. Doby's not that guy, you know, regardless of who has to play here, they're not that guy. They're team guys. They take responsibility for their own actions from what I can see. And we know Hugh Dolben about everything that's been said about him as a, as a teammate. And I believe that's been, you know, I, I think Ottinger right now is still that quiet young kid. Um, you know, I don't think he's as uh, outgoing or I should say boisterous as Doby is. And I don't know Holtby what he's like in the room, but from what you see, what you hear, they've got three goaltenders that are that are in it and, and they're in it for the right reasons and they're great teammates, which is probably the most important thing. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was also great at the end of the game if Stars fans were still watching when Pavelski absolutely got robbed of a hat trick um, and, you know, paid homage <laughs> to yeah. uh, Grubauer. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 just, mean, I just think that's like such great sportsmanship. Um, you know, and I think it's because it's Joe Pavelski. I don't think the Kraken minded that, you know, he's going to go by and talk to the goaltender just because it's Joe Pavelski. And I think he's universally liked. And I mean, I'm just watching him on the ice last night and I'm just thinking like, this is modern day Chris Chelios with the age and everything like that. I just God, I mean, at this point, unless he completely slows down, Jim Neal has to make efforts to re-sign him especially with that line 
You know, I mean, that line right now of Hintz, Robertson, and Pavelski is really, I mean, we talked last week, that second line was really good. Gurionov, tough to go into protocol, but that that first line is really fueling this offense. Yeah, I mean, night after night. And there, there's nothing more that you can say. I mean, they just, they are there. Not only do they score early, <laughs> they score often and at home. You know, and again, it's, it's, they, they are consistent. Um, and, and Joe is the guy that's got the smile on his face. And I, and going back to that, you know, that fist pump, he goes down and gives it to Grubauer last night. Um, that probably wouldn't happen if they had the two and the other team had the four. So, you know, that, that, that action probably doesn't happen if you're losing. So it's easier to go down there and give them credit for a great save while the game is going on, on TV, you know, and they all see you skating to the other end. That's easy. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, but that's just class. I mean, that's what Pavelski is. Um, you know, he, he's the, he's the father figure, uh, obviously of that line. And he, there's two kids and all the things that those two players and Hanson and Robertson that are the most important part of what's going on with that line is probably what those two are learning from him with his experience, the way he handles winning and losing, um, after games, before games, the way he prepares, the way he's that guy every day in practice that takes 50 to 100 shots, tip-ins. That's why he's the best in the league at it. Um, all those little habits that he has, that's probably more important than what's going on. I think if you look at it from a general manager standpoint and and you're looking at what's going on, whether this team makes the playoffs, whether they get through the first round or the third round or whatever happens, whether they sign Joe for another year, they're going to go, this was so wealth, so worth the $7 million a year. And maybe they weren't there the full term of Joe being there. Maybe he gets another year, um, but it was so worth it because these two guys that he's playing with right now are going to move down the road. And when, when Pavelski is done, they are going to carry the things along for themselves and for the people that they ultimately are in that same situation at some point in their career. And I, this is where I go back to the, the, the saying that hangs in Montreal's locker room and it's, and it's in French and now it's in English. And I've said this before, but you know, about, you know, we pass this torch to failing hands, yours to be held high. Don't ever let that flame go out. And so you, it, it become, and Larry had Robinson had explained that whole thing to me because at the time I didn't really Man, dude, I, I had no clue what it all meant. And, but, but it was like, listen, you get to a certain point in your career, it's your responsibility to start passing things along to the younger players. And, and that's what I mean with Joe. That, that's what's happening with those two guys. And, and if they're going to be your, your future, which there's no question those two guys are, and they're, they're probably our present right now, uh, probably sooner than, especially for Robo, sooner than you may have expected. Maybe everybody saw it coming. Um, but, but my God, I mean, when, when they get to be six, seven years in this league and, and there's, you know, a couple of other younger guys that are coming, you talk about guys that are, you know, have been groomed well, uh, that that's well worth uh, what did Joe get three times seven, $21 million yeah, or whatever seven million a year. years. And yeah. um, it's yeah. going to be well worth the price of having Joe Pavelski. I'm going to be fascinated to see what the market is at the end of this year for a Joe Pavelski. You know, well, you know what? I, I just, the, the thing that if I were sitting in that chair, I have to look at where we are. I have to look at, because again, I'm sure you're going to bring it up. 
you know, you got the, the Klinger situation. Yeah. And so you got Klingberg, you got Radulov, um, you know, Jamie and Tyler, where are they going to be next year? Uh, you know, I, I think Jamie's doing what Jamie does. Tyler, wh where's Tyler going to be? Is he, is he going to bounce back from the year after the rehab or are we seeing what we're going to see? Um, you have to, you're going to have to have a, a good hard look. And that look may come in two months from now. You know, you may, you may see changes in a couple months from now, because, you know, if, if you're talking about John Klingberg, <laughs> And we're 10, 12 points out and, you know, everybody knows what's going on with Klinger. And, and I, and I think he is going to handle this as classy as he's been since day one here. And you're not going to see a drop in how he plays, especially because he, you know, why would he have a drop? Why would he show any of that reaction? Even if it feels that mm -hmm. way, because if he's not going to be here, there's a payday down the road. I, I, you know, the whole tap dancing here, Klinger's going to be 30 when he starts next year. If John wants eight years, John, if you were a GM, would you give you eight years? Yeah. And and have, you know, be on the books for eight, nine million when you're 38 years old. Yeah, that, it's not it's not the, it's not the um average per year, it's the age and the term. That that's the thing. Well, that's exciting. But well, well, let's let's face it. When when Miro got what Miro got, you don't think that that Klinger was the first guy that was reading every word of that press release Absolutely. or whatever that he was sitting going, Hey, yeah, he's gonna be good, but I am good. That, that's I'm sure that's what players thought process. Is. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I got to tell you, I was having a conversation with someone the other day, a, a couple of things. I mean, I know that Haskinen is a great player. I'm making that disclaimer to say what I'm going to say. I feel as though offensively he has regressed since the bubble. I agree. And I, I don't disagree whatsoever. And that's what scares me about a Klingberg leaving is that Everyone just assumes that Hayes can, can take that power play quarterback position, and maybe he can, or maybe you go out and get a puck-moving defenseman who's good on the power play for 4 or $5 million a year. But at the same time, I don't – I think because Hayes is the golden child, I think that people don't look at Klingberg like they should as far as, you know, being a good player. And – you know, if we really, really want to be frank, and it's early and hopefully three years from now, we're not saying this, but they got the wrong defenseman in the draft. Kale McCarr is better right now. So, I mean, it's too early to make that. That's like a comparison in football. Should you have drafted Tyron Smith or the next pick, J.J. Watt? Well, you know, I mean, they're both great players. So I'm not saying in any way that Miro is, you know, he's a very, very good player but we cannot put him at elite yet. And that's what scares me about this whole Klingberg thing. And they had a chance to put Klingberg in the expansion draft and keep that salary. I'm not saying that was the right move, but that opportunity was there and they chose to keep him based on what I felt as though they were going to sign him to a long-term contract. And you are absolutely right, Craig. If they are 10 to 12 points, they have to look at getting something in return. Yeah, a couple things. I'd say you sh you could be cited for plagiarism because he just used Bobby Clark's opinion on Kale McCarr with <laughs> with Hexy because I I guarantee you heard that conversation. No, I didn't. Don't tell me. Tell me. I didn't. Oh my God, Bobby Clark came out the day before yesterday and just sewered Hextall, who's now the G. Or you know he's, he's oh about the Patrick. Team. Oh no, it was all oh. about the draft and said they should have taken and Hexy didn't listen to the scouts and everybody. Everybody wanted Makar except him. He went behind their back, decided to go on his own, and 
you know, and take the other kid, even though the kid was rated number, you know, he was number one in one ranking, number two yeah. in the other one. But, and again, hindsight, guys, you know, okay, yeah, Kale McCarr is lighting it up and he's going to be around for a long time. And he is a, a living, breathing highlight show. Every time Colorado's on, my channel is on. Yep. I got something that's tuned in to, to Colorado. There's no question about it. But um, anyway, here's, and, and you talk about the offensive things. And I, and I will say this, and I said this to you guys, or to you early in the year, is like last year I felt that Haskinen needed to take another step. Like take, take charge more because he is a dynamic player. But the one thing I've said about Haskinen is that, and this is no knock, um, when Miro gets the puck below the face-off circles in the offensive zone, Kale McCarr things don't happen. Okay. Like it, it isn't, it isn't as electric and there's not going to be a highlight real thing of what Miro does below from an offensive standpoint. So from a, what he does is he transports the puck from his own end up to the offensive blue links. Just incredible. He makes the right play all the time, the pass, he can skate by people. And when I said he needs to do, do more, I meant, you know what? You don't need to make that 10 foot pass, which is the correct pass for 90% of the defensemen coming out of their zone. You can beat that guy getting out of your zone with your moves, with your speed. And that creates more, uh, it, it creates more dysfunction from the, the setup, the defensive setup, the opposing team has is when you skate by or you make a move and now you just lost two guys. And now it really turns into a four on two, four on three, moving up the ice with your legs, your legs can do that. But, and this, and again, no knock, but when he gets below the tops of the circles in the offensive zone, there are no Kale McCarr things going on. And Kale McCarr is just a special player. So it's not even, he's a different player, but so that that's, and that the, again, he is a Miro's a great player. He's going to be a great player for a long time. And he should be, you know, in that, in that talk for that trophy. And, you know, he, he should be in that every year for the next five, six, seven, eight years. No question. McCarr is probably going to win it every year as the best defenseman. But anyway, um, so with, with all of that being said, him and Klingberg are different players. Mm -hmm. Klinger is more of a, a puck possession, pull people out of the way, lose a player with his, with his skill. I think they're, I think they're both needed players to be totally honest with you. And there's a lot of people that don't, they didn't like Klinger in the beginning because he wasn't this in his own zone. He wasn't because he's not that player. He's not a guy that's going to be a shutdown defenseman all the time. And so, but the thing that worries me about Haskinen over the last two weeks I've seen him get beat wide a couple of times defensively. He got beat wide last night. His feet got kind of crossed up and you don't, I, I mean, I can't remember ever seeing him get beat wide in his own zone when he's playing defense, like he has got lateral movement. And again, yeah. these just might be a couple isolated incidents. Right. But, but I saw it last year too. The, the one player I did see that beat him wide early in his career was Tarasenko. And I mean, that's because of pure speed, but you know, he allowed Tarasenko, and I thought he could have been more physical as far as, I mean, you're, you're the expert, you know. I mean, it's well, he had one. He had, when Edmonton was in town, he had one where he kind of was moving forward just outside his blue line, and it was Connor McDavid coming down the wall. The, the puck turned over, got the puck to Connor McDavid, and McDavid steps over the offensive blue line, and Merrill took three or four backward strides 
and had an unbelievable gap on him. And I was like, oh my God, like that's just not even possible to do, but he does that. Then all of a sudden over the last few weeks, I'm seeing him kind of, and again, this may just be that patch, right? He's not playing bad. There's a couple things that are happening. Again, he's a young kid. And the other thing, do you think that, what is Miro, 23, somewhere in that neighborhood, 22, 23 years old, something like that. But he just got a, what, $60 million contract? coming up yeah like probably a little pressure on him you know what i mean like yeah you know there there may be some pressure going hey you know i was making this and now i'm going to be making this and i'm going to have to live up to this well the way you live up to it is to just do what you've been doing since you came into this league you know and and yes you're going to continue to grow and like i talk about those tops of the circles things all of a sudden we may see you know what maybe it's in a month from now all of a sudden, bang! Now he's making that play at the offensive net, that play at the net. But I, but again, don't don't expect him to be Kale McCarr. That's not who he is. He doesn't have that. He he's got good hands, but his strength to me uh, is his hockey IQ and his legs. His legs can skate him out of trouble, skate him out of the zone, control gaps defensively. I wish he was a little bit more difficult to play against in front of our own net at times. You know, sometimes he gets on the outside looking in, but now I'm getting nitpicky, you know, and, and yeah. my guys will tell you that. I mean, I, I think we him. both agree. He's a very, very good player. I'm just looking for yeah. that next step. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, like I said, you know, they, I, I don't know what the number of games that he's played. Has he played 100 games yet? Has he played 150 games? I don't know what the number is, but, you know, whoever came up with this, and it seems to be pretty accurate, you know, a defenseman really doesn't know everything or get to be – to that next level until he plays somewhere around 250 games in the league. That seems to be the benchmark. Once you get that number under your belt, you've kind of seen a lot of situations um, and, and, you know, in different, different environments, road, home, you know, you, you get to know players in the league, you know, like the back of your hand and things come to you easier, quicker. And, you know, the good news for Miro is he's, he's way ahead on, on most of all that. But to answer your questions, he is 22. And number of games played, two hundred and thirty-seven. Okay, well, he's he's at that number then. He's he's in that he's in that zone where you know that. And like I said, it could be a month or two from now. It could be the start of next season. All of a sudden, we're going to holy shit! Did he take another step? Yeah, you know, because he has taken step year after year, and he's going to be worth the money. There, there's there's no doubt. But but for Klinger, you know, if Klinger really wants to be here, the question that I I would ask him, and and he shouldn't have an answer for this, Klinger. If you were in this chair over here, would you pay you? nine million dollars at 38 years old right whatever that aav works out to be and and you know and he's not supposed to say no because this is his opportunity this is his day and 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 i'm I'm sure a large part of that is going you know uh, for the last five years i've been really good and 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 i've been underpaid you know making four and a half million or whatever he's making he should have been at six or seven so unfortunately that's not the way it works um you know that you get I think there's a lot of GMs that make the mistake of, you know, because there's players that they want, they know they're going to have three good years. If you're signing them to an eight year deal and they're, you know, in their early thirties or their late twenties, and you know, the only way to get them is to sign them to that seven or eight year deal. Uh, Well, the only way you're getting an eight year deal is if you, you know, obviously if you, you know, you resign with your own team. Now you could be a free agent and sign with a new team. Then the eight year deal comes back into play, but but I'm just saying that there's a lot of them that go, you know what, you have to decide 
if, if you think that John Klingberg for eight years at, let's just use a number of 8 million is worth it in the next three years. And you're going to win a Stanley cup. Right. That is that to me, that's the way you have to look at it. And the number that, Jeff that, Merrick um, quoted. And I, I think Jeff Merrick is an excellent source. Eight years, 63 million. Eight times eight is 64. So my math is on. So yeah, yeah. it's somewhere around eight million, but I don't know if Jeff knows everything, but, but he does. I mean, those guys are dialed in. Yeah. He's dialed so, in. Yeah. So, but again, but, but John, I think what part of what John is doing and I have, I completely understand it saying, listen, I've been underpaid for four or five years here. And so, but yeah, but you signed that contract too. You agreed to that, that deal. You didn't have to agree to it the first time. So, yeah. you know, it, it's a tough, and he's, I think he's a good kid. I think he's great in, in the market. Um, you know, it, it's just that. Well, he's looking at Seth Jones getting that paycheck. He's looking at others and he's saying, okay, you know. Yeah. And there's, there's a couple markets that he may, you know, you, and again, if you're going to leave, you know, you're not leaving to go play in Arizona. You're not going to go play in, in probably New Jersey. Uh, you know what I'm saying? You're, you're going to go somewhere that's going to win a cup. And I think that there's been some teams out there that, you know, the names have been mentioned that they can work at money wise, you know, you want to go to Toronto. Yeah. You know, you, that, that's a, that team, Clinger can put up some numbers there, yeah. you know, with what Toronto has. And there's a couple other teams out there, but again, the other side of the coin is the same conversation I had with another player that, you know, I didn't mention a name, you know, a couple, three years ago, and now he's on his second team since he's left. There's no state tax here. Right. So, you know, if you want to get 8 million here, you know, and you want to go play in, you want to go play in, in Canada and, you know, with the exchange and the taxes and all that other stuff, you know, you got to look at it that way, but if you're doing it, do it for the right reasons. Yeah, if you yeah. want the money and you want the security, God bless you. Right. And he yeah. has said, I, I I have to say, I thought he did an, a really good job after the game. Yep. Talking about his situation, clarifying the report, and also talking about the desire to stay in Dallas and talk about how the team has stopped communication as far as a new contract. I thought that press conference made him look very good and made him look like, I want to be here, I just want to get paid. And I give him kudos because we forget because, you know, John's an excellent speaker that, you know, he's not from this country. And sometimes communication can fall through the cracks. And I just love how he was outspoken and the growth of him just as a person. Uh, I was I was really impressed. Well, I think what stood out to me in, in as much as I paid attention to that, and I agree with you, he, he, and he said, you know what, I'm going to tell you the truth. And I think he is a transparent guy and you got to love that about him. And, and that you don't see that a lot in, in professional sports there, you know, you hear a little bit, but there's other things behind the scene. I think he was, I think he told you exactly how I felt, but the one thing that kind of stuck out to me is when his agent, I believe it was his agent asked if they could, you know, speak with other GMs like, and, and Dallas said, yeah. Yeah. So to me, if I was sitting, I'm, I know he wasn't sitting there at the time, but if I'd have been sitting there and heard that, yeah, you can go ahead and talk to some other GMs. Like, oh, these guys don't want me back. Right. Exactly. So I can understand where his frustration would come from. And, and, and I think, yeah, the money and, and they haven't heard any, I think they haven't had any communication since May or whatever it was. And that's one thing. And, you know, because Remember how a few weeks ago I was talking about distractions and I'm, I was talking about flurry and what happened when he was in Vegas. And I talk about Dallas having full four uh, goaltenders to me. 
I don't think this is a distraction because of the player so much because he's going to come to work every day. He's going to have a smile on his face, but, but there is a distraction in his own mind, mm-hmm. in his own head. There's there, it's going to be there. And yeah, when no, I have one of my you're top talk, players, you're talking to your agent, you know, on a daily basis and you know, the agent saying if, you know, there were any conversations with any other teams. And let me tell you, you're, you go home and you think about it. You, know, you should be thinking about Florida and Tampa and you're probably checking in. Hey, any, anything going on? You know what I mean? And so, even if you don't want to, it's hard not to. You're talking so, about it with again, you know, just, your new wife. Hate, you know, you have a newborn. So, you know, he's got a lot on his mind. Yep. But, I, I just I just hate I hate having any kind of athletes with things in their head other than, you know, what you gotta do that night. Right. And, yeah. And I think yeah. and it, it always happens. That that's part of the job though. You you've got to learn how to deal with those kind of things because it's all the way around. But you know, when you're talking about the next, you know, six, seven years of your career, whatever you have left, you're, it's not like you're, this is your second or third year and you got a long time to go. This, this is his, right. this is his last kick at the can, yep. so to speak, not, not from a playing standpoint, but you know, to get the money that he thinks that he lost over the last three, four or five years, whatever he feels. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's a good transition to our Twitter mailbag. Craig, I'm back on Twitter. They unsuspended oh. Oh. me. I, I don't even know why. I don't even want to know why they are originally. And you're going to you're gonna blow smoke up somebody's ass why you did get banned or whatever. But Offensive I can just hockey imagine. tweets, apparently. I don't know. I tweet, okay. I tweet pictures of my dog and hockey. And uh, I guess, I don't know. But I'm back. You, you didn't sneak into the shower room after a game or something like that. And tweet <laughs> that picture, did you? No, 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 no. That was so, so weird. I could always see my Twitter feed. I just couldn't tweet anything in response. So it was it was a really unique situation. So thank you, Twitter, for bringing me back. Uh, Jeffrey Fink from What a Hockey, you know Finkster. He says, uh, "Good to see this post again with Robo being a restricted free agent at the end of the season. What type of deal do you see Nil working out for him realistically? Do you see Pavs taking any type of discount to stay in Dallas beyond the season?" And at who is Mr. John Galt said the same thing. Given the success of the first line and Pavelski's leaderships. Do you think the Stars make a serious effort to re-sign him? If so, what do you think of his acceptable contract uh, years and average? So I put those two together, Craig, because I think that does play into the Klingberg long-term thinking as well because it's not like you have a ton of cap space. You know, Radulov comes off the books, um, but, you know, and Pavelski technically comes off the books. So you do have some money. It's just an interesting year for uh, Jim Nill. Uh, I thought that Jim Neal did a great job with the Gurionov contract and with the Hints contract in the offseason. I thought those guys were going to get a little bit more. So when it comes to Robertson, but the productivity that he's bringing up and restricted free agents more likely to hold out than ever before, I'm I'm thinking four or five on kind of a bridge contract. What are you thinking? I, I, would, I would try to go with a bridge contract. That's what I would try to do. But I just think there's... Man, I just think there's so many factors that are going on here because again, you're you're it's not like you're out of the playoffs and it's not like you're dialed into finishing third in your in your division. And what do you do? And because if if you're are you gonna pay Klingberg? Are you and I don't think it's gonna be about the money for Joe, to be honest with you. I think that he's probably kind of like the Malkin, I have enough money. I'm rich, you know, talking about an extension for Malkin over there in Pittsburgh. He says he's rich. He doesn't need more money. And I'm not saying that that's the way Pavelski thinks, but, but I think Joe's made 
um, good money his career, and he's observed every penny yeah. of it. I do think that he doesn't want to go play with another team. I, I think that he has bought into Dallas. And so you may, you may be able to work that out with Joe. Um, but again, I, I have no clue on any of this. And, and I think that having a family and everything else and, and, you know, kids and getting, uh, situated here, I think all of that stuff plays into these guys. And I think Joe is a great family guy. And I think there's part of it that you don't want to take your kids and move them to another market for another year or two and put them in that different school. The other option is your wife and kids stay at home. You're not with them for a year or two. So uh, Dallas, you know, we talk about the, you know, taxes and all that other kind of stuff, you know, maybe he would take it and maybe, maybe for Joe to come back and, and be part of that, that line again, that, that would be worth a discount playing here. I don't know, but there's some things that, that I would be trying to throw at him and bring certain scenarios up and it'd be his representative that will be bringing up the other things. Um, so is Klingberg going to be back? There's some money. Can you say you're going to save money on Radulov? You possibly going to save some money on Klinger. You're going to save some money maybe on Joe. Um, yeah. There may be a couple other people that are going out the door that, that you're not renewing their contract. So does that free up some money to go ahead and do a five, six, seven year deal with Robo. I mean, do you only see anything different than him just getting better every year? Yeah. So do you want to pay him four for two or three years and then have to pay him nine in three years from now? Or can you get him for seven and a half for, you know, seven years? I, I don't know. I'm sure his agents is going, dude, we're better off doing this because at the rate you're going, you know, just think about three years from now, you know, that you're going to, because again, I would assume if you can get a good bridge deal from a player agent standpoint and you can get past this COVID shit and the revenues start to go up, the salary cap's going to start to go up. These guys are going to make more money in three years from now. And if you sign a long-term one and they say, listen, you know, our, we thought our cap was going to go up a million dollars this next year. And yes, we get some money coming off the books, but right now pandemic wise and building wise and revenue wise for the league, it ain't going up. So do you want to bet on yourself and say, you'll take a two year, three year bridge deal. Yeah. And then when this stuff is all behind us, now you're going to be in because Connor McDavid right now should be, I mean, Connor and these guys, they should be making more than the 12 million that they're making. If you really want to look at it, but you know, it is what it is. So right. Um, once the revenues start kicking back in again, because these guys, I heard these, the players because of revenue sharing owe a billion dollars, they owe a billion dollars back to the league. Wow. Because of what was lost over this time period and whatever they owed before. Now, again, that that's just a number I heard. I think, doesn't everything start with a B around here when you're yeah, talking money? No, it doesn't matter. It does. And I also Politics. want to throw into the mix, Craig, that uh, Jake Ottinger's a restricted free agent after this year. Yeah. And see, that's what I mean is you, you've got, again, am I sitting there going, okay, do I, if we, if we fall off the, we, if we fall off here in the next month and a half, and we're looking at, we're not making the playoffs. You got to spin. Well, am I in a situation now where we, this was our, this was our window and our window is now a little bit closer and mm -hmm. this guy's not going to be back. This guy's not going to be back. Um, is Holtby going to be back? Is Holtby going to be here? Like what a team, would you trade Holtby in a month from now to a contender? Edmonton's going to pay money to somebody. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, I, I, de I, and, I definitely and, would. There's yeah. a lot of things I think that can still play out. That's why the, the gray area must be a nightmare for 
um, GMs at this time, at that time of the year? Are we in? Are we out? I want to yeah. send a message to our players that we believe in you guys. I want to give you something. I want to bring a player in, you know, like, <clears throat> would, would you take it? Would you take a chance right now on Evander Kane? Like, no. are you in a spot? I would not. Okay. And, and I would, I would tend to totally agree with you. But, but if I'm Chalk Talk Casino sponsoring, I would. <laughs> well, no, but we know. I mean, he he's had off ice problems, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's been well documented. But to me, I, I would be I would be so looking and knowing what my group is, what my leadership group is. I've been I've been on teams that have unbelievable leadership groups. And if they came down and asked us. I'd say yes, because we can, we will, because we've done it with other players. Nah, not as bad, but we've done it. And he will not, he will not infect our group. We will call him out. We will kick him out, but he will not infect our group. And, and on the other side of the coin, do you not, if this guy really does have some financial problems, whatever, from gambling, why would he not want to be on his best behavior? Right. You can get him in here for five, $600,000 for the next three months knowing that he has to be on his best behavior because this dude owes money and he wants another NHL contract. Yeah, it has to be the last stand so if you're If you're ever going to get a player that ever has a reason, now he's had lots of reasons to be a, a good teammate and good you know, uh, employee and it hasn't worked out that well, but if anybody's ever got a reason to get your shit together for three months and you're renting them for $600,000 or whatever that number, you know, you sign them to a million, what do you owe them for the rest of the year? A five, six, 700 grand right? To, to get you over the hump. And you've got one line that scores for you. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? You know what no, I'm saying? I, I know what you're I, saying. I, I, and, and don't think that the Gallardi family doesn't though. look at that playoff revenue. And if they miss this year, that's tough. And, and, but, but I would have to say, and again, I'm just guessing here, but I'm, I'm sure a lot of teams have inquired. They they say, nope, never going to happen. The D'Angelo guy, when he was in New York, never going to touch him again. All yeah. of a sudden, you know. Yeah. So <clears throat> there's always up. a team that thinks that you can fix a player. Right. There's right. always one out there. No, but again, I think there's some desperate teams too. I know that the front runner is, is Edmonton. And, you know, you put him on, you put him in that group. I mean, the guy's a, he's a horse, right? He's a 30-goal scorer. Yeah, great Those size, great shot, great speed. <clears throat> Yeah, but is he is it worth, you know, it does it put you over the hump? Does it to to be a, from a, a you know, a good team to a, a contender? Does it put you into a position where it makes you or helps you get to a playoff team? And <clears throat> do we have a but the most important thing is how strong is our room? How, can our room handle that? And I I don't know that answer. Yeah. Uh, but and but but again, like I was going to say, I just think from the background that Jim Neal has and, and, and what that organization is that he has, that he runs now, the organization that he came from in Detroit, it is about the team. And so I don't see him really bringing in a player that's got the history that he does. I don't think that he would, I don't think he would do that. I don't think he'd take the chance on, on anything because I think he's got a, a good group of guys. He's got a good group of older guys. He's got a good group of kids and he'd be worried about the future. I don't know, but that's just my my guess. Well, it's a big week ahead for your Dallas Stars, and we'll talk about it uh, next week. Can't believe an hour's already gone by. Craig, as always, Norris-worthy performance on this podcast. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that, that's as close as I ever would get right there. Yep, yep, absolutely. That's. A... <laughs>
<laughs> you the man, Craig. Thanks again, and uh, we will talk to everybody next week here on Spits and Suds.